couple factors. Okay, that. he. Trump so old to... Donnie is at it again. Yeah. Once Trump threatened to kill Jimmy Raskin. Now, Jimmy Raskin should run. Oh, I hope he runs for president because he would be awesome. Again, he's out there making threats and making faceless with those threats aimed in particular at those people who have been investigating him or will be investigating him. And in particular, the this morning, because of what happened last night, he point. is furious at Jamie Raskin. Because Raskin is not only one of the people on the J6 committee who Donald Trump is sending disgusting threats to, but also went on last night and tore into Donald Trump more expertly so now than I've ever seen. This man, like, like Raskin, he's, 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 he's good at a lot of things, but, but my goodness, he tears into Trump, makes it clear that this man could spend the rest of his life behind bars, and makes it absolutely crystal clear that Donald Trump is a fan. Department of Justice against the state legislatures, against state election officials like Brad Raffensperger. Donald Trump was the driver there, which is why it made such a riveting story to tell the country, and the country gets that. Well, the failure of law enforcement and the national security um, entities to discern what was about to take place, prepare for it, and stop it is a far more complicated and variegated story. Now, if you read into the appendices, as I hope people will, you will find lots of pages about that, and people are going to have to draw their own conclusions. I mean, my own thought is that if you have a president who has essentially positioned himself outside of the constitutional order and is trying to overthrow an election and shut down the lawful processes of uh, democracy, it's going to be very hard to get any of these entities, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, to take a strong stand against him. And that's fundamentally what we were up against. But I don't think there's any kind of a whitewash going on. I think it's just a very complicated story and people should read into it and make a judgment for themselves. Just... It's just an open and shut case from my perspective, and I hear from uh, public defenders all the time saying they have had hundreds of clients go to jail on far less evidence than exists against Donald Trump. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about, you know, we, we just put up those the four criminal reporting in the lead up, you were, you were the chair that's in the reporting about whether that fourth one would be included. It seemed like there was... Real consensus on the first three, again, obstruction of official proceeding, which, as you noted, is what lots of people who were trespassing on the Capitol uh, have been have been charged with, people who invaded the yeah, Capitol. No, incite, incite, assist, or aid and comfort and insurrection, because to me, yeah, no, at almost kind of level of, of, of history and, and, and morally, that's... Biden family laptop at a level we never seen before.
while at the same time not letting the many positive things accomplished by Trump, I don't know why he does that, to get out of the public, but would instead put out bad stuff. That would be the very definition of government rigging the election. Pollsters projected this scam made a difference of millions of votes. What other consequences? Was just advised that the unselect committee of political thugs has withdrawn the subpoena of me concerning the J6 protest of the crooked 2020 presidential election. They probably did so because they knew I did nothing wrong or about to lose in court. Perhaps the FBI's involvement in the rigging of the election played into their decision. In any event, the subpoena is dead. And it's true the subpoena is dead. It was withdrawn. Whether it was withdrawn or not, the J6 committee is effectively done. They filed their report. They're releasing their info. Even if they wanted to do more, and I'm sure they probably did, because of the results of the congressional election in the House, the committee is all but dead, or will be in a matter of hours, basically, in the next few days. Okay. But the point is, like, Raskin really got under his skin there, 100%. Oh, he's done this before, too. Raskin's poquito. done it when he's talked about Don Jr. and his potential complicity and deals poquito with Russia and stuff like that. And I just think it's a real sign that Donald Trump is losing it, and that people like Raskin are experts at getting under his skin. I only hope Raskin remains safe. I really do. Because when Trump makes these posts about calling them thugs uh, and Trump makes these posts targeting the J6 committee, I worry about what his supporters will do. Um, I hope he stays safe and I hope he gets well. Uh, thanks, Jamie. Hola, chicas. What can I get for you? Do you mind if we try to order in Spanish? Yeah, we're practicing for our trip to Mexico. Ah, si. Um, empezamos con bebés. Bebés? The hunt for dinosaur fossils in the Rocky Mountains. History of the Jade Suit Tomb. Banksy was Banksy. Andrew Tate gets owned by Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Mystery of the vampire skeletons buried in Ireland. Ancient secrets, mummies, and lost empires. Back again and again over centuries to deposit their dead. Smithsonian Channel. The mummy was uncovered in the Andean mountains of South America, on the lonely snow-capped peak of the world's tallest active volcano, Mount mm. Uyayaco. The year was 1999. And a high altitude archaeological Tonight I'm gonna party like it's 1999. They had discovered the highest tomb on Earth. Okay, uh, boy, uh, maybe I'll come by and check in a couple hours. When she first came out of the ground, she was completely done. We couldn't see any any part of her body. Try to crash that on the floor again. Were just outstanding, and they were so well preserved. But the biggest surprise came when they removed her wrapping. Taking off the cloth. Girl. We had to talk. We had to communicate. Do this. Do that. It was in hushed voices. It was as if we were. Afraid at some level that we might wake this mummy up. 
because she seemed just so alive. But nothing had the impact when I uncovered her hands. Probably one of the most powerful experiences I've had in my life because those hands were perfect. We realized well, that this has got to be, if not the best preserved mummy in the world, we don't know of any other better. And preserved thumb. along with her a spectacular collection of artifacts, ceramics, figurines, and textiles. Everything That's a mushroom. seemed totally untouched. It was perfectly preserved. Nothing. Not a feather that shrunk. Not a color that faded. The archaeologist's dream. Someone had gone to a lot of trouble to bury this girl in an extraordinary place. Now a team of investigators will attempt to decipher these objects, examine her body, and unravel the mysteries of this mummy. The first question, when did she die? The items in her tomb reveal the remarkable truth. They may look brand new, but archaeologists date them to over 500 years ago. Remnants of a legendary civilization. Arena, Arena. This girl is a human link to the sure. great empire that dominated South America in the 15th century. Famous for building Machu Picchu, the Inca are cloaked in Wiped out by Spanish conquest, they left no written language. So this girl is a rare and valuable glimpse into a lost civilization. Today she is conserved under the watchful eye of Gabriela Ricardo Browning. For me, the maiden is not only a specific object. She is the young woman that I love. I think that one of my missions in life is to take care of her. Affectionately known as the Maiden, this mummy attracts visitors from all over the world. But some are not prepared for what they see. When people hear this, sometimes they get very shocked. An Inca girl, buried 500 years ago on top of a volcano. Her corpse is strange. Seated and slumped, she looks like she slept to her death. The war in Ukraine forced my family to flee. My sister, mother, and grandmother left their entire lives behind on February 24 and moved in with my family in America. They are very fortunate while more than 10 million other Ukrainians are left without electricity, heat, and water, including my dad and my disabled grandmother. This war has done incredible damage, but the suppressing temperatures are about to make things much worse. I don't want to see more of my family and friends suffer, so I'm asking for your help. If you're still watching this, I think it's because you care and you can imagine how this freezing winter is affecting Ukrainian families. 
I am asking you to join me in the NATO International Rescue Committee. The RSC is providing thermal blankets, heaters, solid fuel stoves, winter clothes, and other essential items for the winter. They are working with local partners who already have a presence inside Poland and Ukraine to provide the okay, ready? I'm Kathy Sikorsky, and I took Putin paid to speak, mm, I'm going to say about a year and a half ago. That's to her death. What is the real story of Tut's tomb? And can new clues help reveal its ultimate secrets? In a quest to find answers, Chris Nonson has traveled to the Valley of the Kings where Carter made his original spectacular discovery. Inside the tomb, he notes something striking about the design. So, one of the first things you notice when you enter the tomb is the only descending passageway. This is quite unusual for 18th dynasty tombs um, because in most cases, what you would expect of a pharaoh's tomb would be a left-hand turn in ancient Egypt, the left was a symbol of masculinity. It was so important that the entrance to every king's tomb from Tut's okay. dynasty you dropped it involves in. an here. immediate turn to the left. Didn't drink it. The only other right-hand turn he didn't he is didn't in the tomb of Hatshepsut, a female pharaoh. So the question is, you didn't drink it. in the case of the tomb of Hatshepsut, the tomb of a female pharaoh, should we no, be no come. here, not the burial of a male? Usted no, no come. No come asperina. No come asperina. No. Usted. Not for a man. Aquí. But for a woman. No, no quiere asperina. The female clues do not end there. Dr. Yasmin El Shazli sees something intriguing about them. If you look carefully at the face, the faces on the stoppers of uh, these canopic jars, you'll notice that the portrait is quite different from that of uh, Tutankhamun. They look more feminine. Experts agree that the heads on Tut's canopic jars have features that are more like a woman than a man. Of South huh? America, oh, they had discovered the highest tomb on earth. As if we we're um, and any evidence of it in the site's archaeology. C'était l'énigme, la grande question où se trouvait ce port. Elliot Smith says in his report, and I back it up, French Fire being lit within the cave at the same time, presumably, as bodies are being laid out here. The smoke could actually probably have helped to preserve bodies and body parts. Bodies preserved bodies. by smoking and salting. It sounds a lot bodies. like mummification. Is a little-known pharaoh whose reign is shrouded in mystery. His specialty... The female clues do not end there. Dr. Yasmin el -Shek Of a female pharaoh, should we be expecting here not 
his King Tut's tomb was probably built, not for a man, but for a woman. Strong enough for man, but made for a woman. The female clues do not end there. Dr. Yasmin El Shazli sees something intriguing about them. If you look carefully at the face, the faces on the stoppers of uh, these canopic jars, you'll notice that the portrait is quite different from that of uh, Tutankhamun. They look more feminine. Experts agree that the heads on Tut's canopic jars have features that are more like a woman than a man. And remarkably, experts are even finding female features on the most famous piece of Tut's treasure. Hmm. His death mask. Normally, a king's mask would all be made out of the same materials. But Tut's mask is different. El Shazli reveals why. The, the face is originally separate from the headdress and they were welded together. So there are two different pieces. There is a further clue on the ears of the mask's headdress. The earlobes are very interesting because the ears were originally perforated. In three-dimensional art, men did not normally represent themselves with perforated ears. It suggests that the face itself did not originally belong to the rest of the headdress and that the headdress belonged to a woman. The pierced ears indicate that Tut's iconic headdress may originally have been made for a woman. As were many other objects in Tut's tomb. The enduring question has been, who was she? In the late 19th century, early 20th century, all the way up to the 50s, sideshows were very popular. I remember as a kid going into the sideshows, and they were always kind of interesting. You know, the two-headed calf and the 13 code goat or whatever it might be. And perhaps there'd be a mummy, and that would really be a draw. Mummies have been a curiosity for weeks. Here's our perro. We knew they were around. See? Oh, you had a real Egyptian mummy. You didn't have it. If you're a person who's fairly good with numbers and logic, you can make 70,000 dollars a year or more as a data analyst. 
Since Sylvester's own life, that old West identity was already fading, to be replaced by industrialization and the growth of large cities. His final walk to the place of execution would have been agonizing. Shepard turns to the only full autopsy ever performed on the body. It was carried out 100 years ago by anatomist Elliot Smith. His conclusion? Second N-rate died from axe wounds received in battle. Dr. Shepard is taking a closer look at Smith. He's a little-known pharaoh whose reign is shrouded in mystery. Second Nenray Tau. Second Nenray isn't as famous as some of his successors like Ramses the Great or Seti I, but the fact that he was buried alongside those pharaohs suggests that for the ancient Egyptians, he was every bit a part of that line of great kings. Who is this mystery buried among the great? The first clue, an inscription on the lid of his coffin. Second Enray the Brave. Why the Brave? Hidden inside the coffin was a mummy the likes of which had never been seen before. When we look at the front of his face, it certainly doesn't look normal. It's very distorted. You may just be able to see the ends of the nose there, but the whole of the nose, the eye on the right, the bridge of the nose, the eye on the left, are all very distorted. Second N-Ray is unique. He's the only mummified pharaoh ever found with such violent injuries. Dr. Richard Shepard is a world-renowned forensic pathologist. His specialty, the investigation of suspicious deaths. These are the two wounds to the right side of Second Henry's head. This is a wound where actually a piece of the skull has been forced in. It's been smashed into his brain underneath oh this, producing this large crater-like effect. This wound has a slightly different appearance, partly because I think a bit of the bone has broken off Possibly as the weapon was removed, it's flipped a piece of the outer part of the skull off. But this too has actually cut through. It's punched into the skull. A mutilated mummy with an heroic epitaph. Understanding how he died is the key to unlocking the secrets of his life. 
Dr. Shepard turns to the only full autopsy ever performed on the body. It was carried yes, out 100 years the... ago by anatomist Elliot Smith. The back of the skull. His conclusions? It's extended. Second N-ray died from axe wounds received in battle. Dr. Shepard is taking a closer look at Smith's report. Elliot Smith says axe in his report, and I back it up forensically to my knowledge now. When I look at these two injuries, what I can say is that they are both lethal wounds, and you'd probably only need one of them to cause death, but the two together are a certain cause of death. The experts agree on the cause of death. Fatal axe blows to the head. But did he receive these wounds on the battlefield? And if so, why risk a pharaoh's life on the front line? <laughs> assuming I just put got him on the all of my line. groceries delivered from Misfits Market. I didn't have to drive to the store, stand in line, or... Hey, only watch this video if you're open to finding sensitive info on people you know. At the British Museum in London. I've been given special permission to visit After Dark with archaeologist Eamon Kelly. Let's hope nothing comes alive. We're bypassing the museum's famous Egyptian mummies to visit something altogether stranger. And to be honest, less attractive. The slightly squished, rather tanned body of a man who died around 2,000 years ago. Not in Egypt, but just off the M6 near Wilmslow in Cheshire. So why is he in this... State. Well, he was found in a bog in the northwest of England, Lindo yeah. Moss. He was found in, in the course of peat cutting operations. Yeah. The peat cutting machine sliced the man's body in two, but what remains is extraordinary. He died around 2,000 years ago, but I can still see his toenails, hair follicles, even the stubble on his chin. Now this is what I call a mummy. He even has a name, Lindau Man, after Lindau Moss, the bog where he was found. This is fantastically preserved, considering how long uh, we're talking 2,000 years. What is it about the bog that preserves human flesh? What preserves the bodies, essentially, is the sphagnum moss, which is in the bog. It produces a chemical which converts human flesh and skin to leather. Okay. And you can see got a leathery quality. You, you, have, you have a leathery quality. Yeah. This man is one of hundreds of preserved ancient bodies found in bogs across northern Europe. Many of them died violent deaths, including the man in front of me. He was certainly struck on the head, which yeah. was probably the first of the injuries, which would have knocked him unconscious. It didn't kill him outright. Right. There is a garage around his neck, and his neck has been broken. Right. So he's been banged on the head and garroted. That's enough to kill him, I suppose. Uh -oh.
Ven conmigo. Oh, jefe. Mamacita.
get back to the show. Mummies. Ancient secrets, mummies, and lost empires. The interesting thing is that Lindo Moss is on a very important tribal boundary. All right. It's still a parish boundary to, yes. to this day. Hey, boyito. And the boundary areas were where because boundaries and particularly boundary boards provided access to the other world. So a ritual performed at such a location would be deemed to be more effective. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I made $49,000 in the last 30 days copying and pasting. Luckily, you don't have to be smart for it because all it is is just copy and paste. I'm doing it as a complete Okay, um, hasta la, hasta la paz, la paz, la paz, la paz, la paz, felicidad, paz, la paz, la yeah, uh, mañana vamos, vamos a ver el William. Okay. Buenas, buenas noches, señorita. Ay, it must have been a very frightening experience. Oh, they knew that they were going to be some kind of violent project. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sleep well. Duerma bien. After 24 centuries, the secrets of this mummy's death have come to light. He was a man brutally killed by others. Not a fallen soldier in battle, or the victim of random violence. This man died for his people. How do you know? This man was a former king. 
failed in his kingship, and that his death is the natural consequence of that. He's been killed so that he can be replaced by a new, young, vigorous, successful king who will be married to the same cruel goddess as this man was. So, such was life in ancient Ireland. surrounding Sylvester the Mummy has once again turned to ballistics. Why don't we take a look? I'd love to see the backside and see if we have complete penetration all the way around. George and Christopher believe their shotgun test well, it looks to me like they all went through. Okay, I can see. shows a pattern matching the pellets embedded in Sylvester's face. Well, I have the x-ray pictures here. Oh, look at that. Look at the similarities. Just even pick any one random number of these. You're absolutely right. The spread that we're seeing on the board is really just about right. And if you lay that out, it's just a little bigger than our hand. Yeah. The spread of pellets shows that the shooter was at least 20 paces away, probably outdoors. And it even suggests the gun wasn't directly pointed at Sylvester. Not really evidence of attempted murder. And I think with all these small holes, the fact is we're talking about debilitating someone. Right. But you're not really talking about the ability to kill at this range. That's true. Whoever took this to Sylvester's face was not looking to kill him. This was not Doc Holliday going out to blow somebody's head off. This could very well be a hunting accident. It happened recently with Dick Cheney, where he shot his friend accidentally while on a hunting trip. He brought the gun up, he fired too quickly at something that was taking off, and he hit the, hit the man in the side of the face. This is not an uncommon occurrence in a place where people went out hunting together. Mountain rescue doctor Marcelo Parada has seen this sort of death before. He's the victim of avalanche. It was very, quite a long time, four or five hours. And uh, when we dug them out, they were dead, hypothermic, and they had vomit around their mouth. The maiden does have vomit on her lips. So was this her terrible fate? Did priests bury her alive as an offering to the gods? When someone's buried alive, there's always that struggle to escape from the material that's pinning them down. So there's evidence of movements of the hand, sometimes with damage to the nails and the fingertips. Look at the maiden. I don't see any evidence at all to suggest that she was buried alive. Johan Reinhardt was one of the first people to lay eyes on her tomb after it was sealed 500 years earlier. There's no sense of struggle in the tomb itself. All the items that are around her look like they have been disturbed. She herself looks like she has been terribly disturbed and one over the other. Okay, struggle. Would you have a hand I'm going to tell you the easiest way to make money at home, and you 100% have never heard of this before. 
Most people are familiar with things like dropshipping, affiliate marketing, or selling physical products on Amazon. All those were great when they first came out, but now there are too many sharks in the ocean. Plus, most of those need inventory and complex websites. But the big secret is you don't need those things. This new Amazon system allows Looking back at his discovery now, Johan believed that the murder weapon may have been staring him in the face. One of the first things he had to remove from her body was a thick woolen cloth pulled over her entire head and knotted tightly at the back. Once you have cloth wrapped around your head and your mouth at 22,000 feet, you're out of breath immediately. She could have asphyxiated if she was highly intoxicated with alcohol. Marcello agrees that it wouldn't have taken much to smother the maiden, given her condition. There is a point where intoxicated people, their brain is so compromised, they won't even struggle. Perhaps the alcohol was administered to help ease her journey out of this world and into the next. In a situation of low oxygen, when the person is at altitude, incapacitated through drugs or alcohol, it's likely they're going to succumb far more quickly than were they down at sea. Having weighed up all the evidence, Dr. Shepard delivers his final verdict. Having considered all of the facts, I think suffocation is a very likely cause of death. For 500 years, the Inca maiden has guarded the secrets of how she died. Now, the truth is child to the gods they believed she would live forever eternally young immortalized in her glorious sacrifice that is what Gabriella wants to believe too I prefer to think that her as a goddess happy in some way dramatic happiness that happiness at least the alternative is is too sad Francis Pryor shifts the direction of his investigation. He thinks Otzi's slaughter may have more to do with the location of the body than the crime scene itself. Otzi was found in a place where the landscape suddenly changes. These areas are known as liminal zones and are associated throughout history with human sacrifice. He was found in a liminal zone. He was above the tree line, in the snow, and that's where we do find sacrificial victims. 
from the dark pools of ancient peat bogs to frozen mountains at the heart of mighty empires. Humans of all ages and social rank have been chosen as the ultimate sacrifice. Valuable offerings to wrathful gods. Did Otzi meet a similar end and become a human sacrifice on an icy glacier? Francis Pryor believes there is one more piece of vital evidence which will support his sacrificial theory. Near the bow, lying on a stone slab, was one of the most precious archaeological finds ever made. Otzi's copper axe. The radiocarbon dates for Otzi came through and there could be absolutely no arguing with them. This axe was 3300 BC, which shoved the appearance of copper back a full half millennium. Otzi's copper axe rewrites the history books, pushing the copper age back 500 years. Making this axe required enormous skill. In order to make copper, you've got to get temperatures in excess of 1,000 degrees centigrade. It's all about the control of heat. That is the key thing. Francis Pryor believes the axe is another clue supporting his idea that Otzi was a victim of ritual sacrifice. Smelting and casting copper over 5,000 years ago was seen as almost magical, a rare skill. This Neolithic axe was a diamond jewel of its day. Was it, like Otzi, a sacrificial gift to the gods? Had that been a vendetta, had that been a robbery, had that been a casual killing, you would not walk off and leave something 